You're tuned in to the Big Shiny Podcast. You can find new episodes every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, make sure to rate us on iTunes and tell your friends. Hey guys, this is Tom. What's up guys, this is Kylie. This is Nick. Hey, this is Lucas. And this is Tyson. You're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. Even getting like a, a single pop vinyl can be dangerous, right? Because then you're like, oh, I should get more of these. Uh, so once you buy your first, there, there's always that that item that I feel like is, is like, a, like Lucas said, a gateway item that it's usually something that's more than you're willing to spend or you thought you'd be willing to spend. You're like, I never thought I would have spent that much money on something like this. Once you do that once, for a lot of us, uh, it just it's just downhill from there. She's <laughs> like, I could get another one just like this. I already did it once. And a lot of times when you do that, there's a high you get from it, and sometimes you're just like chasing that high over and over again. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So what were for you? Like for me, I would buy different collectible toys, and then the the busts and the black and white Batman figures that they were doing, the black and white statues that were forty five dollars, were kind of the easy way. Like, oh well, I'm spending thirty already. I'll spend forty five. What were some of the things that maybe you or Jared had started buying that moved up towards Hot Toys? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember those being an issue. It seemed like I went right from like $10 toys to like $80 toys. Um, but I think that there was, I, w- I started really buying a ton of toys when um, vinyl toys started to become like designer vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, like Tim Biscop and Gary Baseman, they were making like these really cool vinyl art toys. And those are those generally rang like a, just a hundred bucks a pop. That was that seemed to be like the, the price, hundred bucks a pop. And then uh, Batman Begins came out, and there's a company called Takara, which is kind of like Japan's version of Hasbro, but they make a lot more high-end toys. And Takara did this uh, version of Batman from Batman Begins that was like hundred and sixty dollars. And I was like, I gotta have this figure. <laughs> and I remember like adding it to the cart and just like letting it sit and then calculating the shipping and, and then coming back. I'll go away from it and I'll come back to it. And so it's like hemming and hawing. And eventually I was just like, how much money am I wasting just like thinking about it? Because this is time I could be spending doing something else and making money. Mm-hmm. So I, I just got it. And then once I got that figure, it, it just was a, Slippery, slippery slope. Because it was one six scale figure, and I had some figures in that scale, but, but nothing more than a hundred bucks. And uh, and that one, you know, when you get a when you get like a close to two hundred dollar one six scale figure, it comes with like twenty different hands and sometimes alternate heads. That one had like two heads. It had like Christian Bale's head. And, and uh, so yeah, from there it was like I got to get more of these. Well, and especially when you pick a line, you start getting the Avengers. So how about you, Jared? What were some of the toys that got you into the bigger ones? 
actually was hooked and very motivated by it. Are you guys with this guy named George Lucas? He put out these figures from this movie, Star Wars. You may have never heard of it, but yeah, I got those. I started when, early when I was a kid. I uh, my first figures from that would have been the Return of the Jedi action figures, and I've been a toy collector ever since. Um, but I graduated after collecting Star Wars and, and all, all that for decades. Marvel Legends came out, which was a great line. Um, still one of my favorite lines, um, even though I don't collect them anymore. And those, that was a pretty substantial price jump at that time from a Star Wars figure to, uh, to a, a, six, a six inch figure. But now I look back on those, those were like $7.99, $8.99, $9.99, and they came with about, I don't know, what, 10 times the plastic of a Star Wars figure. Um, super great line. And then it kind of, you know, I kind of got a little bored with that, kind of started doing a little bit of Transformers, some high-end Transformers stuff. But what really set me down the uh, dark path was, was at my, uh, my dad's house one day, and, and he was doing something so I was just scrolling through Facebook and came across a post for the Hot Toys uh, Empire Strikes Back Luke Skywalker figure. So that was, I don't know, five, five some odd years ago. And I just, I, I, had, I called my dad, I was like, look at this likeness. This is, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. This is, this has got to be the best there is. And uh, my stepmom was listening. I didn't know this. So, Christmas comes around, and what do I open up? It's a paper that says, hey, your, your Hot Toys Luke is on the way. And so, um, I was kind of down on Star Wars at the time, because of the prequels. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want, I, yeah, I don't want the Star Wars. I just, I was like, that's just really cool. But there is a Batman, the one that I saw. It was the Michael Keaton 89 one. And uh, so, she switched that over to that. Got the, got the 89 Batman. Every, everything changed. That was, I, everything else, like I can appreciate cool stuff, like Star Wars, little Star Wars figures, the six inch scale Star Wars stuff, Marvel Legends, but once you see one of these things in person, it, you just can't go back. I haven't been able to. I am, I'm pretty much have foregone everything else uh, to collect hot toys, so yeah, it's a, there's really there's no, there's no company that's better at capturing the likeness and the feel of character than the Hot Toys. Let me kick over to you, JJ. For those that aren't familiar, could you give maybe a little introduction into Hot Toys and have because you've probably bought them the longest and have they maybe the history and why those figures are so sought after? Yeah, I did a um, I did a count for you recently, didn't I? Mm -hmm. I think I had. It was like 170 hot toys, and those those run. Good job. <laughs> those run just to give you an idea. Those run about. Um, they used to only cost about 150 dollars, uh, but the average now is about 230, like 250, uh, for some of them. And so I I do make money drawing comic books, but it goes toys toys. <laughs> Um, yeah, Hot, Hot Toys is a Hong Kong-based company, and they they kind of rose to the top in terms of uh, making making an action figure into something more of like an art form. 
Um, like all, all of the, you know, they're fully articulated, so that's not a big deal anymore. Um, but now the articulation is down to the point of like hand, you know, fingertips and stuff like that. You have like, like, uh, so, you know, Lucas mentioned different lines. Like I remember way early on, I got the first Iron Man that they did. And you know, it has like, not, it's like way beyond just like being able to light up. Um, but uh, these things are incredible. And, and so it, it's really dangerous as a collector to get into a line because then you're like, I got to get every single one. And, and freaking Hot Toys has made probably 60 different Iron Man figures. That's on the um, low end. Yeah. It's probably more like 80 to 90. Yeah, now with the, because they've been completing the house party yeah. from uh, Iron Man 3. House party. And I've been, I've been, uh, I have maybe half of those. I've, there's some that I've like really resisted buying. And they're re-releasing those in diecast. Yeah, they, and so what I ended up doing was selling a lot of my older Hot Toys to rebuy them in diecast. Uh, the cool thing about Hot Toys is that they tend to go up in value. Not not as much lately because they um, they've kind of hit critical mass where like you know even people like Lucas know what they are. And uh, <laughs> you know, before that, it was a lot cooler because because like uh, I got into um, <laughs> I got into <laughs> like dark, like when the Dark Knight came out, Heath Ledger Joker. Um, they made maybe four or five different versions of of him, and I think I bought like three of each. And then, um, and they continue to make them. And every time they make another one, I buy another one. But there was a point where uh, I would decide, well, I don't need the third one of this one, and I would sell it on eBay. So I bought it for 160 bucks. And um, the highest I sold a Heath Ledger Joker for was probably like, uh, I think like 750 or maybe 800 dollars. Um, but that was pretty typical for for that era. And, and a lot of times uh, with an iron, with, if you have a good Hot Toys Iron Man, a lot of times it will go for north of like $600, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's a good way to justify it to like your spouse. Like you're like, well, it's an investment. And, uh, and you know, if you know like a stockbroker, you could like have them vouch for you that like, yeah, that's a pretty good return. If you put in 200 bucks and you go back 800 bucks and you know, you didn't do anything, uh, that's not too bad. And just how, tell me how many um, Man of Steel Jorels did you buy? <laughs> Those were down around 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. Uh, I got I got one of him, and I got uh, I did get Henry Cavill, but I got those only because I had a wholesale account at that time. That's the reason, actually. I should I should fess up. I have uh, close to 200 Hot Toys because my buddy uh, got us a wholesale account, so I was buying them at like wholesale cost, which was like uh, like 110 dollars. So nothing really, not really any money at all. Yeah, not hardly any money. Like 100, I, I could throw away 100 dollars, like no problem. <laughs> like, it is like if I get into another hobby, like to, to spit out a hundred dollars is, is like nothing. Like, I don't even. Well, we just it. talked about it because we were just saying the Marvel Legends have those 12 inch figures, yeah. and they had the Spider Man that was 50 bucks. We were both like, that's really cool, but you could just spend 200 because that $50 figure might be worth 20 bucks yeah. when you open it. Yeah, I, I have a lot of complaints about like Marvel, like Hasbro toys, like costing more than like more than $15 even. It's <laughs> like just sucks for the quality that you're getting out of them. I would just put that money into something better. Mm -hmm. All right, I want to I want to kick over to Colton. So you haven't done as much like the high end hot toy stuff, but you're yeah. into the high end prop building, which yeah. I think is also an interesting collectible. So what got you going from you know a cardboard box proton pack to as screen accurate as you can make it? So uh, you know uh, every every Ghostbusters fan that I've met um, has had that stage where they have the cardboard proton pack, like you're saying, and. Uh, for me, like I, I, I was building this this just pile of trash, 
that I was going to wear on my back. And, uh, and my, my dad stepped in and he was like, hey, I'm gonna buy you, you know, something for Christmas. And uh, so it ended up being this unfinished proton pack um, that was all shoddy and warped and just, just crap. But, uh, and I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is the most expensive thing I've, I've ever owned. Like this is, this is, this is pretty legit. <laughs> and then, uh, y you know, I, uh, I, I put several hundred dollars into fixing that one up. Um, it now sits in my garage in pieces. But uh, from that, I just kind of caught this bug where like, I've always had to, you know, be, be building something and have like a project on the horizon or else I just go insane. And uh, be, because of that, there's a lot of nights where I eat ramen noodles and uh, buy overpriced stuff on eBay. So let me ask you this then, uh, for those not in the know, how much to build like a decent proton pack versus a, say a screen accurate. And I know that north, the number can go real high, but this panel's gonna make me uh, feel bad about myself. <laughs> So a decent uh, proton pack replica is going to cost you like oh maybe like seven hundred if you really cut some corners and all that. Um, the the nicer ones like the one that I have is probably like fifteen to seventeen hundred, um, which you know for for like a, a kid with his first job is pretty intimidating um, of of a number. But uh, yeah, it it all kind of depends on how far you want to take it. Like I I have pneumatic fittings on there that cost me like $100 each, and I have three of them on there. Um, so why, why was that the important ones to get? Because after you finish something, and like you put a lot of time into it, you just look at it and you think, what could I change? What, what could I make better? Mm -hmm. And there's always a lot that could be better. It's a project that never ends. Yes, no, it's true. So that, that makes for an interesting question for everybody, and then you can maybe relate this to props. Mm -hmm. But what is maybe that, uh, that holy grail that either you have gotten or you haven't gotten, but that one thing you're always kind of searching eBay for? Uh, well, so there's, if, if anyone's seen Ghostbusters 2, uh, they have these uh, giant tanks they wear on their backs called slime blowers, and they're awful and ugly, and I love them. And uh, there, there's a couple of boxes on there that uh, I've never been able to find, and I've put like months straight of work on, er, on uh, finding these things. Um, if I, it, I don't know, my life would be basically complete if I could just find these things. Um, <laughs> they, they'd probably be like a thousand bucks each, but I want them. But you'd spend two grand. I would, to oh I would, oh I would. Let's not talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> All right, Jared, what's your, your holy grail? Uh, the one that I'm currently chasing right now is the- uh, I like the way you phrase that, the one you're currently okay. chasing. <laughs> there's, always, there's always another um, would be probably the uh, Hot Toys Big Chap from an alien movie, which is just the alien creature from the first movie. They just called him the Big Chap on the set. And uh, how much was that? Was that like 150 when it came out? Mm -hmm. That was before. I, that was before I started collecting. And those those run anywhere from about six to eight usually. And I just haven't. <laughs> I haven't been able to, to justify that one yet. Uh, the Hot Toys DeLorean, on the other hand, I have no problem justifying that one. What did that set you back? Um, I got a really good deal on it. That, that, that cost me 550 
What were they originally? Uh, they went, well, if you get them from Sideshow with shipping, you're probably looking around seven. That yeah, sounds uh, like a good deal. Twenty-five, something like that. Um, but that's, I mean, when you're talking one-six scale vehicles is a whole other animal, by the way. So you know, one-six scale figure, about about twelve inches, about a foot high. The DeLorean's about that long, this wide, and about that tall, with lights and, and all that stuff. You can put Marty right in there. It is truly a thing of beauty. I encourage all of you <laughs> to uh, search that on YouTube tonight. Just bask in how wonderful that really is. Yeah, I also have the uh, I have both Batmobiles. Yeah, those are even larger than the. Uh, so those were your previous Holy yeah. Grails. Uh huh. Yeah. So what about you, JJ? Do you have a Holy Grail out there? Um, is there anything showing on the screen? No. I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> um, Oh, but no, you don't see a uh, picture of Iggy. Anyway. Um, no, uh, in terms of holding, I don't, I don't really have those because I just buy them. <laughs> oh, huh. Moving on. Uh, there was, because I, I bought, since I've been collecting the things I've been collecting uh, long enough that I was, I was ahead of the game. Like, I could get those things on pre-order. Um, so since I could get them on pre-order, uh, I would, like I could get them like for what they cost, and I always made that decision that I would not pay some. You know, I've I've always thought people flip toys as being like jerks, <laughs> like scalpers, yeah. even though I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but I don't I don't do it as a career. There are people who like buy all these things as an investment, and they don't even like, care about them. You know, they just like buy them to flip. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't like supporting that as a thing in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if the market price for this thing is $400 and like people are paying $400 and it's most like, it's mostly people in Singapore, like they have so much money to spend on these toys for some reason that they'll buy mine for, for that much money. Uh, I'm like, okay, great. But um, yeah, so, so by being ahead of the curve, you know, there's not anything that I'm really chasing. The only time that it ever happened was I, I tried to swear off uh, the, the Iron Man figures at the one point, and I didn't buy the Mark Seven um, because I thought like I thought the Robert Downey Jr. sculpt on it, like because there's an alternate head, I thought it was like not quite there. It looked more like uh, more like Brian than. Uh, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, um, so I had passed on it, and I always I regretted that because I had you know like Mark One, Two, you know I had them all, and I didn't have a Seven, and it just kind of like started to gnaw at me. And uh, eventually, I broke down. And I bought one for like it was like it was like four fifty or something like that. No big deal. Yeah, well, that was kind of a big deal, but because um, oh. I like I, I like hurt me to like pay more than you know, retail. Yeah, more than that much. I think before that, um, I mean, we could talk about like with the props thing. Um, growing up, ever since I was little, because I grew up in LA, um, and uh, I grew up like while you know the first Star Wars movies were coming out. And uh, there was this guy, he, he like worked on the film and he had a full uh, Stormtrooper kit. Like he had the armor and you wear it around town and the functions and stuff. And for some reason, my little like four year old brain that just like burrowed in there and was like, that's the coolest thing ever is that like you could, you could be a Stormtrooper, you know? And uh, so, that, so that led to, you know, eventually you become a grown up with a credit card. <laughs> And you're like, I'm gonna research that thing that I always thought was cool and that I really want. And then it's just like Colton 
and, and, and Lucas, you become like an expert on, on the, the prop, the history of it, how they were made, and, and uh, who designed them, and, and who's made really good casts of those things, you know, who has a cast of the real movie prop, and, and, uh, and you know, and, and it's funny too, because each of these things will get their own nickname, like, oh, that's a so-and-so prop, and that's, mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily anything that even had to do with the original movie, but they're sometimes a lot better than the original movie. I mean, if you guys went to the Mark Hamill thing, he talked about how he has a helmet from you know that he originally wore in the first movie, and now it's falling apart because those things were like hand painted and all that paint just like flakes off, and mm-hmm. they were they were built out of crap, you know. And so the the prop builders they like can improve on these things over and over again. And uh, so I you know I I looked into like every type of armor that every different fan had made and and found a guy that had casts of a real like movie suit, and and there were a couple guys that was like a T you know. AP, I got the AP armor because it was like, you get a kit that just comes in a big box that's like all just pulled, uh, you know, plastic. Just the white and parts. Yeah, just the white parts and it's all like uncut on these big sheets and everything. And, and so I got that in this big box one day and it cost me like a, a grand for this big box of plastic. You know, I tried justifying that to, to the family. Uh, he's like, you paid how much for this? Yeah, we're gonna spend and a lot more money and time on it too. Yeah, exactly. So then, and then that's the next few months of your life, and and it's kind of like Colton says, like you always look at different things, like well, I could I could build a better belt, and like, because it's like this little thing that you just kind of have to do, like, kind of yeah. strange. It's kind of like car guys, they're always tinkering. You're always yeah. tinkering with your stormtrooper outfit. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is that I think that like most companies have caught on, like for as far as official releases of things, like most companies have caught on that like people will spend money on this stuff and they, they keep wanting it. Like the big chap is gonna come out again. Like you won't have to spend eight hundred dollars on it because Hot Toys is gonna release another one. Yeah. It's just it's bound to happen, and, and you'll get it for so much less. And it'll be made of better better materials because it won't have like rubber that's like deteriorating and falling apart and all that stuff. Better uh, sculpt. Yeah, exactly. Better it exactly was actually in the catalog this year, but I haven't, you know, that doesn't mean a whole lot with hot toys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we've touched on value a little bit. Do you want to click on it? Is that still showing? Is coming up at all? No. no. It could be because we're going like, we're going like lightning to HDMI to VGA. So. Some high tech stuff. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> so we've, we've talked about. <laughs> we could try another couple. Um, so we've talked about value a little bit and Hot Toys retaining, and you've said before that you shouldn't buy, when we've talked, you shouldn't buy a toy that you don't love and want to keep. Because if you're buying something as an investment, it usually doesn't work out. Like you should be investing in things you care about. Yeah, I mean, there, certain times there's like, that's a sure thing, you know? Yeah. If you, if you, if you become an expert, you, you like, no, this is a sure thing. Like, sure. And, and we've done that too, and you've seen me like, I bought this for $60 and I sold it for $1,200. So that's what I wanted to bring up next. Um, what, just kind of for fun, what's probably the most valuable thing in your collection at the moment for everybody, including like your prop stuff, mm-hmm. which will be really interesting? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then maybe on the same question, what's the most you've sold something for that you parted with to fund your other ventures? We'll start with Jared. Oh. We'll put you on the spot. Okay. Um, most valuable figure probably at this point for Hot Toys anyway, uh, would be the Heath Ledger DX11 Joker. Uh, that was the second time Hot Toys did the purple suit Heath Ledger Joker. That one came out, I think, when was that, JJ? Remember? Was that 2012? 
Yeah, it was Dark Knight Rises stuff. Yeah, Somewhere around there. Okay. It was uh, around DKR, maybe shortly after DKR. Yeah, I had I had that one on pre-order, and um, my my card expired before the last auto auto payment, and I didn't check my email box for a couple days, and so they canceled it. So I had to go on a wait list, which never materialized. Ouch. I ended up. What's up? Yeah, it does. Suck. <laughs> Very mad. About a, I don't know, six months, a year later, I ended up trading my bat pod, which was, I think I paid about 350-ish for that, as opposed to the two, 250 for that, or two for the Heath Ledger one. Yes. Um, so I ended up trading that straight across for the Heath Ledger Joker, and now that one's worth in, around 800 bucks still. I see them going pretty consistently for about $800, and um, it's worth every penny. I mean, even at that price, it's pretty impressive. It comes with the table, you know, once a scale table and chair, uh, all kinds of weapons. And, you know, every knife, every gun he had, just very cool stuff. Two heads. Um, you pop the back of his his head off or his hair off, and uh, there's a little switch, and you can actually move his eyeballs to whatever position you want, uh, which is which makes for you know an interesting little scale. Cool selling point. So, what's probably the most expensive thing, you, or at least the most you've made off of something you've sold? The least amount? No, the most amount. Oh, the most I don't amount. know about the least. Uh, that would have been, I paid 50 bucks for a uh, 1978 21 back R2-D2 uh, from Kenner. Uh, the thing was almost pristine. I had it graded for an AFA, I think it came back 85, which uh, for those, it's on a percentage scale, so 85 is pretty high, and that's kind of their ceiling. You may see a 90 every once in a while, but 85 is pretty much the best you can get back on a grade realistically. I ended up selling that thing, I think, for 1,400. Wow. Um, grading cost me, I think, 150 some odd with shipping. So yeah, that one worked out all right. That was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> it worked out all right. All right, Colton. So tell me about your most expensive uh, fitting. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> Everyone's so eager. Um, let's see. Well, I mean, the the most valuable thing that I have. Um, I uh, so I once had someone offer to buy that awful prop that I was talking about from Ghostbusters Two, from me for seven thousand. Um, I I didn't want to do that because I felt bad for them, um, but. But I guess now that's its value. So that's a slime blower. Yeah, the, the slime whole thing. Blower. Yep, the whole thing. You should have sold it. It's They're a cold. giant. It's a giant plastic hot dog that you wear on your back. It's great. I've known you. I, I've known, I knew, I've known Colton for quite a while. I've known him the entire time he was building the slime blower. I know how much he hates this thing. I do. <laughs> because he poured so much of his life into it. Yep. So it, realistically, <laughs> thinking about it, is seven thousand dollars. Would worth that my, be worth, worth my life? Was that was that worth it? Would that <laughs> is, be worth is that, it? Is that the price yeah, of my soul? I guess. Is that, <laughs> I yeah. say yes. You should have taken it. You were worth a lot less than seven I grand. Just, you should have <laughs> taken it. That's a steal. <laughs> I'm just curious if that would be if you were if, if you were to have done that if you would have said okay that that was worth it. It was worth the the, the time and the energy and the soul crushing despair. I I don't know. I I don't. I I'm I'm get really sentimental with all my stuff, uh, which is really bad for someone who wants to go into prop building professionally. Um, but as far as the, the most valuable thing, that would probably be the slime blower. Uh, the, the proton pack that I have here is 
15, maybe 1700 right now. Um, I, I have another pack from uh, the reboot that I just finished up um, that ignoring all the uh, cast autographs on it, uh, it's probably what, like 13 or so as well. Um, yeah. Have you sold, have you ever made a lot of cash off of any of your prop stuff? Uh, I did. Is a, there much room for flipping for that? No, I mean not not really. I did a commission for this guy at one point, um, which was pretty fun. Um, but I I don't know. I don't, I don't do a lot of uh, vending as far as all that goes. I just kind of consume and hoard. <laughs> I have like a, a shrine in my room. I've seen it. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. It's <laughs> awesome. All right, JJ. The most valuable thing, most money you've made off something. Um. I mean, there's so many like priceless things. I mean, I would consider some of the things you guys talked about to be like considered priceless, right? But um, as far as like monetary value, uh, there like there's this company called uh, 3A, which is is kind of like a venue for Ash the artist Ashley Wood to make really cool uh, figures. And um, I've I've been, I've been fortunate to have been in on his because uh, it's kind of like a, a there's a club part of it too that Lucas and I have both been a part of. And I, I got in on it in the first year, and I got a lot of the figures in that first year. And, and back then, they were very—they were only like eighty dollars. And uh, I've sold every one of the figures I got that year for around eighty dollars. They've redone with better versions, and I sold all those originals uh, for over a thousand dollars. One of them I have right now, and, and I, so I consider like I've only invested eighty dollars in it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's one I can sell right now. He'd probably go for about two thousand, maybe twenty-two hundred. Um, it's like it's like one of the original Tomorrow Kings, um, oh. and uh, and then there's this figure called the Nom de Plume, um, which are like these gas these ugly gas mask wearing um, uh, war figures, but I mean they look really cool. Wives hate them, like so. Uh, well, they're the worst kind of collectible too, because you pay up front and you get yeah, it a year you, later. Yeah, you pay up front. You, there's like with Hot Toys, uh, when you order from Sideshow and stuff, you don't pay until it ships. Everything with 3A, you pay like right when you pre-order it, and they take your money away, and then you don't get it for uh, a couple of years sometimes. Um, a little while. But that was that was a big one. Uh, another thing, I mean, we're, we're talking high collectibles, right? So um, when Brad Knoll, the singer of Sublime, died, I was like so into Sublime before that. Like I, yeah, I told you, I'm from Southern California. All my friends uh, were in Sublime, and we I mean, we used to like go and meet them when they'd come and tour through our areas and stuff. And uh, when he died, it was like kind of a big deal to me. And, and I was like already obsessed with music. Like everything I get into, I get obsessed with. I'm sure that everyone here probably has some obsession. Um, but I got so, in, I was so into Sublime at the time and then he died and and, uh, and then it kind of like sucked you in further, you know? And like I had uh, one of the biggest collections of, of Sublime like that anyone could vouch for, at least online. Like I had a website dedicated to it People use my website as a reference for like the discography. Like I had every live soundboard recording. Like I traded tapes with people and tracked down engineers. And, um, it was crazy. It was insane. It was a huge collection. When was this? Um, this was like ninety. I started uh, collecting them in like 95, 94, 95. <laughs> he died in ninety six, um, and then it just like spun out from there because that's like kind of when I became a young adult. I had a, I could like buy things with a credit card. Uh, so I contacted his dad when he died, and I actually bought one of Brad's surfboards. 
Oh, really? Uh, you know, which a lot of his music's about surfing and stuff. I thought that was like, you know, I bought it and I brought it, I, I, I his dad justified it, like, letting me buy it from him. It was only like 600 bucks that he wanted. Really? And he was gonna put it in Brad's son's, like, college fund. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I had Brad's surfboard. <laughs> and uh, my friends used to joke, because I was like, still in high school. My friends oh, really? used to joke, this is like having, like, Jimi Hendrix's tricycle or something, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> so I had this surfboard, and, like, I carried that, or I moved, you know, from apartment to apartment, and, like, had this thing in my closet for years. And at one point, um, uh, the House of Blues in Las Vegas, like, offered to buy it from me. Really? They offered, I think it was, like, six or $7,000 to buy it. And I was like, no way, I'm never going to part with this thing. Yeah. You know, and then fast forward to, like, 10 years later when you have, like, a couple kids and this thing's just been in the closet for forever. And you're like, this would, this should go to somebody who really, really cares about it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what am I going to do? It was always one of those things, like, oh, I'll put it under glass and stuff like that. But, you know, it's got, like, like carnivore wax is still all over this thing. And, and it's, like, smells weird and... It's got like his hairs and stuff on it, so <laughs> it just feels weird. To have it. So I I went on like some forums and I found uh, a couple guys who like really wanted it. Like they knew I had it and they had they had messaged me like years ago about it. So I was like, hey, do you still want this? And mm-hmm. I let them take it. I don't remember how much. I I let them have it for just like a couple grand. Like I wasn't too sure. concerned with it at the time. But you made a little cash off it. Yeah, yeah. That's all I cared about. I could buy more toys with that money. Right. Um, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of time. I want to open it up to QA for the next little while. If anybody has some questions, you can feel to come up to the mic, and it should be all hot. Okay, so you guys make it sound like you have lots and lots and lots of stuff. What do you do for storage? And uh, I actually have more more of that question, but I forgot exactly what it was. Um, what do you do for storage? If you buy something that costs you more than 100 bucks, keep the box. Even if you're going to display the figure somewhere in glass or whatever, or you're going to play with it, keep the box. And keep the box it was shipped in. Yeah, keep the box it was shipped in, of all things. Because yeah, people want that crap. Like, if, if you're, if you're going to sell a hot toy, anything from Asia. Because it'll have the, it'll say, like, Hot Toys Iron Man on the box. It's so strange. And it's but dumb, but it's like a $100, $200 difference. Yeah, it is. For real, it is. So, um... No, no, you, you, you fill up every nook and cranny of your, your living space, and once that's full, and you're at the point where you still want to get more stuff, there comes a point where you're like, I have a problem. <laughs> that's the point and where you have a problem? That's the point where you realize you have a problem, and that's the point where you start to listen, maybe, to the, the people around you who tell you you might have a problem, <laughs> and you've been saying it for so long. Uh, but no, yeah, that, that's when you, like, that's when you really learn things in therapy. <laughs> so for me, like the uh, the big plastic storage bins you'd get at say Costco, those fit in a lot of Fill boxes, pretty nice. And then it keeps them dust free and all that other good stuff. What do you guys do? I was gonna say honestly, when you start collecting this type of stuff and when you're talking boxes for six inch sales, six, uh, six sorry, one six scale stuff, we're talking boxes like this, a lot of them, you just become really good at Tetris. <laughs> yes, no, I've, I've been to his house, and in his basement, there's, like, this this wall of boxes. Like, I, I thought there was a brick wall in your, in your downstairs living <laughs> room. No, it's just boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's just boxes. All right, my friend. Just touching on what Jay just said. At what point do you tell yourself no, and at what point does someone else tell you no? Jared? 
Um, this is this is one that if anyone is not into playing black pools and is thinking about picking it up as a hobby, I say no. <laughs> Run the other direction. Um, you gotta for for me, it's about setting limits um, because I, I I'll get to the point where you know, I had to pay my son's uh, uh, preschool tuition today. This is like ninety bucks for the month, right? I'm going. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, drop, I'll drop 250 on a figure without even thinking See, sometimes. It's funny you say that because JJ and I, when I worked with them, we were talking hot toys. So I had, took the car and had to get repaired. God, it's two hot toys. It's two hot toys is going to cost yeah, me to fix this. It's true. That's true. <laughs> car repairs are awful. I'm like, I could have bought five hot toys. <laughs> um, no, uh, for me, I have, a, I have specific things I say, okay, I'm going to collect this. I'm not going to collect this. So I collect. Uh, Batman stuff. A lot of Nolan stuff is kind of my wheelhouse. They're not really making that anymore. Um, I, I have a no Marvel rule, which I will not break. Um, because Marvel, again, there's like 80 Iron Mans. There's no way that's going to happen for me. Not and Guardians even. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Those I, are such beautiful figures. I, okay, I did break the rule one time. <laughs> <laughs> because that doesn't feel like a Marvel movie to me. Because it feels more like a space movie. So sure. I, and I got a super good deal on uh, Star Lord and uh, Groot and Rocket, so I couldn't pass it up. All right, Colton. So what do you? Uh, what makes you stop? I mean, I imagine. You, do you have anybody in your life saying stop by? No, no, which is bad. <laughs> I, I have roommates who are just kind of like distantly concerned. Like they're like, "Hey, man, you gonna have rent this month?" And I'm like, "Probably. <laughs> I'll donate blood." <laughs> or blood. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Self-control is kind of a big thing when you're younger and don't really have obligations like a family and, and like a big house and all that jazz. Uh, so, I don't know. I just kind of enjoy it while I can. <laughs> How about you, JJ? No, I, I, think, uh, I think it's true. Like, you create rules for yourself. And if you, you'll decide when to break those rules. But right now, I have a no one-fourth scale rule. Because uh, Hot Toys and a couple other companies have made some really amazing one-fourth scales. Uh, I made a rule about no one-sixth vehicles because those things are each each one is a coffee table. Like you would need a coffee table to display the one-sixth scale Batmobile. Like there's no way like that I could put that. I mean, I thought about that and I thought about the box that that comes with, right? Because I'm like, where am I going to put that box? And that Which box is a mines? giant. It comes in like a crate. Uh, <laughs> My Batmobile boxes are lashed to the roof. The boxes are the, the Batmobile box is about from here to the end of the cable and about this high. It's huge. No, I, I joked about it, but uh, no, you'll go to you'll go to therapy eventually in your life. If if, if you're lucky, you don't. But uh, at some point, you're gonna go to therapy and realize if you're if you're a collector like one of us idiots, uh, <laughs> and you'll realize there's some there's something inside you that propels you to like keep filling this hole that you have. Because you're filling it with junk, you know? You're filling it with stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there on the floor who get fulfillment from just making artwork, and then that's the end of it. Like, I did good work, and I'm good, and I'm happy. <laughs> but a lot of us are like, I need to get the high from this toy. And uh, I don't know. That's that, very true. That could stop you. Like, <laughs> Therapy. Therapy. <laughs> There's an internet meme that says uh, something in effect, uh, 
I hope that when I die, my wife sells my collection for what it's worth, not what I told her what I paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can be it can be an opposite effect too, though. If that person like is interested in the thing, then it's like, ooh, this is like an endorsement to like go nuts, you know? Like, oh, she really <laughs> likes Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm gonna get all of those. <laughs> All right, thank I, you for your question. I, I think the only thing uh, that tells me not to is America First Credit Union. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyson. Uh, How you doing? Uh-oh. Uh, two part question. First one, Jerry, you kind of already answered this. Uh, kind of aside from the Holy Grail, what's the one thing that you've been able to find but you just can't find, like you can't convince yourself to pull the trigger on? Like you maybe go to the store, you keep pulling it off the shelf, putting it back, or adding it to your Amazon cart, putting it back. Um, and then the second part of that question is like, what's the most disappointing collectible you've ever purchased where you dropped a good chunk of change and it came in the mail and you, your reaction was, damn it. <laughs> I think for me, uh, I'll jump on this one. I don't necessarily have one I've been sought after right now, but I bought through 3A, they did a Master Chief from Halo that I was very excited mm -hmm. on. I dropped the 200 and some odd dollars like six months prior and it showed up and it was the worst figure ever. <laughs> It wouldn't stand, it, uh, the joints didn't pop right, and all the stuff was falling off and the paint was flaking. Oh, that was Did the worst. you try to convince yourself it was good? For like, for a, like a day, I'm like, second. this is okay, this is all right. Yeah, <laughs> and then so like, bad. no, and then I was texting you. Yeah, I remember. It was awful. Anyone else? Did I, you have any prop stuff that? I, I don't want to get too technical with this, uh, but uh, well, one time in building something, I had to have some like acrylic hemispheres and uh, so I, I paid $140 to make uh, custom acrylic hemispheres, like artisan acrylic hemispheres. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I never used them. They're in my garage because they, they, yeah, they just didn't work. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad. I would say I have so little to work with on hobbies. Like I said, I've abandoned every other collecting action figure thing. I do my, I, I'm pretty thorough on my so I, I can't say that I've ever pulled the trigger on something expensive and been disappointed in it because I, I usually watch, I try to gather as much information as I can before I do it. Do you? Yeah, similarly, um, they, a lot of these things that we get in the US, they come out first in Asia. Yep. And so if you like know which forums to look at or just like you, know, you happen to know that this, there's a certain YouTuber who will do an in-hand you know, walkthrough, I, I canceled so many orders based on yep. in-hand videos on YouTube uh, from these awesome people who will like, you know, get them first. Awesome, thanks guys. Thanks. So my question, my question, as a collector, I know I personally have seen multiple figures that like I wanted and then I put it in my Amazon cart somewhere and didn't get it and then got away and now I can't find it. What ones have you guys found So uh, I'll start talking. Um, there's a there's a really great line of like I, I haven't I used to say I'm not going to collect any scale of you know whatever besides one six but that that rule got broken a long time ago and uh, because there's all these great six inch figures that have come out in Japan like there's this uh, like uh, SH figure arts yeah. uh, those are amazing figures um, and then Medicom makes like these Mafex figures they're all great they're making Star Wars and all kinds of different lines and uh, for some reason, I became like seriously enamored with the pink Power Ranger from 
different <laughs> figure arts. <laughs> like I love this figure so much. I didn't even watch Power Rangers, you guys. Like I didn't. I like thought it was crappy. Like I was at that age where it was like I was too old for this. But you know, like it just didn't work for me. But uh, I saw this figure and I was like, I I need to have this. She's just so cool the way she can pose and like her her fake little mini skirt is awesome. And uh, I wasn't like gonna drop the eighty dollars that everybody wanted. And for some reason, it, it was like the universe just it opened up and it was magic. And it, I, it was like a Black Friday special on Amazon for like $17. And uh, I was like, I, t I bought it and I told all my friends too who had any interest in it at all to buy it. And everyone did, you know. Those guys have sold theirs for, you know, whatever, like hundreds of dollars. But I can't find mine. Mine's on my desk for $17. All right. No, go ahead, Jared, and answer then. we. We're going to try to make time for both questions. Okay, sorry. Uh, just real quick, the one that got away was was the uh, Dark Knight Tumblr, the one-six scale Tumblr. I wanted that thing so bad, and by the time I got around to looking seriously at it, it was like between twelve and fifteen hundred dollars, and that was way out, way out of my uh, way out of what I could afford. But then the Dark Knight Rises came out, and they re-released it, just like Hot Toys tends to do, and I got it for like I don't remember what it was like. 350 or something. <laughs> a much better deal. Thank you for your question. Okay, so as a lot of you, I don't know if any of you have ever run into us, but I recently picked up a Hot Toys ABC Elder Card, which is the brand in Regis. And the problem was, it was just about a month, eight month box, hip was broken. Mm. Right out the box. Uh, Sideshow or Hot Toys Sideshow website has actually made it right, sent me a replacement. But they said that I have to and send them photos, they'll charge you for it. That, that's what I'm aware of. So here, here's what I would recommend. Be creative and have fun with it. Yeah, have people, a good time. People run them over with cars, uh, put them through grinders. I mean, yeah, have some fun with it. I've, actually, I've done just enough damage to mine to like keep the cooler parts. Yeah, like so you can sell them off. <laughs> yeah. I've wondered if people have done that, now I know. Yeah. Of course. Thank you. All right, last question. So, for me, uh, I spent a long time, I wasn't sure if this would come up, but I spent a very, very long time trying to find a 1959 Cadillac ambulance, like the Ghostbuster car, and I finally found a 1960, and I don't think I would take any amount of money for that. Um, I have, uh, I've, I've been compiling, like, the, the entire library of Osama Tezuka books. And, uh, I mean, something like that, I just figured, like, this is the thing that I would actually try to throw out the window if the house is on fire. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And I always think about those books, and I'm like, I would, I, would, I would have such a hard time tracking down all of these books now. It, for me, it's those. Um, I have a few 
pre-production of pieces from the, the original, uh, well, I guess the three and a quarter inch G.I. Joe line. Uh, I have a uh, shipwreck, I don't know if anybody knows the character shipwreck, came with a bird, Polly. Um, I have a pre-production Polly figure that was given to me by a friend who's now deceased that I would not part with for, I mean, that would be the last thing to go as far as my collection is concerned. I, I get really sentimental with everything. So like, well, when you make a prop, uh, a replica of something, you uh, you really devote a serious amount of time into research and, and collecting and all that jazz. And I just feel like throwing all that away and getting money in return is just not even a question. Like, I, I would never do that. That makes sense. Well, thank you for your question. And thanks, everybody, for coming out to our panel. Wrap it up now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at contact at bigshinyrobot.com or tweet at us on Twitter at bigshinyrobot, hashtag bigshinypodcast. We'd love to hear from our listeners. The Big Shiny Podcast is brought to you in part by our sponsors, The Bohemian Brewery, SuperheroStuff.com, and SecretCompassOnline.com. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to also check out our friends over at the Through Being Cool Podcast, Copy Out Delete Podcast, Hello Sweetie Podcast, Full of Sith Podcast, and my podcast, Two Shots. 